From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Over the Top Cycling, presented by Gerard Cycles. And today's guest, very special guest, Sarah Cooper. Thank you very much for taking a short time to visit with us today. Hey, George. Good to be back. <laughs> it's been quite a while, but great to see you out in uh, Oceanside and Annapolis. What was it like for you to crew for someone else out there? Um, it was it was fantastic. It was intense. Um, that was actually the second time I'd crewed Ram. The first time I crewed was in 2015, and I did halfway um, for Rab White. So it was really cool to go from start to finish um, and see the entire race. Super intense, though. You know, I mean, as a racer, it, it's just a completely different experience. You know, being crew and being in a different state every day, a different bed every night, um, waking up in the middle of the night um, and rushing out to get to your rider. It was just, yeah, exhausting and wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I've crewed a number of 500s and shorter events, uh, and I always enjoy it, but I have never crewed RAM. That just seems so intense to me. Yeah, it definitely is. And you just have to completely immerse yourself in the experience and do whatever needs to be done to keep your rider moving forward. And I've always had the very best crew, and they've always done that for me. So it was it was. A privilege to be able to do that for such a dear friend and be there for the entire thing. It was really to hear Eric talk about how much you got him to the finish. I mean, you always hear people that are very grateful to their crew, but he took it to another level. He said he had actually made up his mind to stop and that you guys kept him going. Yeah, and he put together just an amazing crew of people with solid experience um there was really only one guy that was new to eric we had had um we had had somebody drop last minute due to an injury and uh you know so we had one walk on that none of us knew and he actually was great as well and so he had this fantastic team of friends that were all experienced and when he hit that rough patch in cortez um yeah there was just no no stopping at that point um, we, we called him on it and he listened and got back on the bike and the rest of the race was according to plan and, and he was just fantastic. You know, there was no, he just wasn't a difficult person to crew, you know, when it was time to get up and get on the bike, he got up and got on the bike, you know, and it, <laughs> things got difficult with the sleep. And I think there were some days where he was harder to wake up, but you know, if, if one of us would tell him, Hey, you're starting to slow down or, you know, pick up your cadence, he would get back on it. You know, he was really just fantastically focused and motivated, and it was he was really good to crew for. And that was Eric News Home, and you uh, helped crew him to uh, the first American male overall winner, uh, or male winner, since 2003 when Alan Larson took it. So congratulations on a great job. Oh, thanks. It was just, it was icing on the cake, you know, with his two prior DNFs and um, just the great passion that he has for that race to see it come to that type of ending was was just amazing. Now, I'm so happy for him. I think it's very difficult for a lot of people who are racers to actually step into the role of crew because you're kind of looking at it as how you would compete rather than how that specific person might compete. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of that too, and and there's pieces of his 
plan that I, you know, I definitely didn't understand, but I did accept the fact that this is what worked for him and, and this is what we, we needed to do for him. And so, um, the fact that he had a plan and we knew what we were supposed to do made, made that aspect of it easier. And I, I think I just, I have a heart for service. I'm a nurse, I'm a mom, and that's part of, part of who I am. So jumping into that role and just figuring out what do I need to do to make this happen for him is, is fairly natural for me. So I didn't, I didn't struggle too much with that once we got going. Now let's switch gears here to another aspect of your life. We brought up you being a racer. Are you getting back into riding again? You've had a, a rough stretch stretch of injuries. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, um, and I I think you know I finally got to the the point where I was strong enough to race, and um, you know, and then Joe Mann died um, in 2019, and that just set me back quite a ways, um, just in terms of putting myself out there again you know I've been hit by a car um and I struggle with PTSD because of that and so um I am riding I've done more off-road gravel stuff in mountain biking than I have actual road riding um I just don't know I think that the drive to be out there and and deal with people in cars is is gone um um so I'm I'm more focusing on gravel riding and um, just bikepacking and, and self-supported type races going forward. But we'll see. Talking to Fred and Rick and Jeff at, at um, Ram, they, of course, talked me into going to World. So we'll see. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you out there. Uh, and I, I look I forward to, to just make... talking instead of riding. <laughs> I know. You know, and, and I, I told him I'd, I'd consider it a six-hour. My time trial bike is still in pieces. I literally have not touched it since 24 hours of Sebring in 2020. It's it's dusty. Um, the aero bars aren't on it. There's no seat. Um, yeah, it's a mess. So I've got to put that back together before before anything and, and actually try and get some fitness back because it's been a month, uh, literally, of not much riding for me. So, Well, let's switch gears again and uh, talk to you about your directing. Do you have any events coming up? Well, we just finished directing one last weekend. It was Iowa Gravel Classic, and that's our shorter event we had a 100 mile course and a 100k course um and so we're moving on to getting ready for spotted horse and this year we've added a 70 mile distance so we have 70 miles 150 and then um 200 miles so i'll be out reconning the course and um getting things together for that so that's our next thing and then we'll open up registration for iowa wind and rock in november and that is our 340 mile event that takes place in april now when is spotted horse spotted horse will be end of october i believe it's the 23rd whichever that saturday is and tell us a little bit about that course um let's just get a little more information on that event is there a a, a registration limit um when is that going to open Registration is currently open. We have a 150 rider limit um, with the addition of the 70-mile route. That particular route will start at 10 a.m. The other two longer-distance routes will start at 6 a.m. It's all gravel. Um, in a perfect world, there would be a lot of dirt roads on that route, but every year I have one dirt road route, one route that's mostly gravel. 
and if we get rain, then, then it ends up being the mostly gravel route, so people don't have to carry their bikes all that far. Um, but yeah, it's it's all of the rolling hills that I used for training for Race Across the West and Race Across America. And, you know, it's it's relentless. It's nothing but one big hill after another. Most of the grades are 8 to 10%. It's very low traffic. I mean, I can ride out there for five, six hours and see maybe two cars. <laughs> That's it. Um, and it's just incredibly scenic. I love the dirt roads because those can be a little bit a little bit rowdy. Um, and then other times they're super smooth and they're actually more smooth than the gravel. So you never know what you're going to get. It's, it's a little bit wild and fun. And, um, I really enjoy that course. So do you have a website? We'll see how it goes this year. And yeah. The website for that is spottedhorsecycling.com. And how about Wind Iowa and Wind and Rock? Yeah. Wind and Rock is iowawindandrock.com. And then we also have iowagravelclassic.com. So you're really geared up. You've got events coming up. Uh, you may be racing in an event the second weekend of October and then turning right around and coming back and directing one as well. It's very interesting being Sarah Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at another um, another employment position as well. And I volunteer for the Red Cross. So it's busy, but it's all good busy. busy. It's stuff that I enjoy doing. As well, And you're also out with horses a lot too, right? Yeah, we're up to four horses now, um, and we just started taking in foster dogs. So I, I keep joking with my kids. Every time one of them leaves, we end up replacing them with an animal because we just took in this foster dog. <laughs> and I have two kids leaving for college in August. So, um, yeah, but the horses, um, my daughters are into horses, and I'm a horse person. That was actually my first passion before before bikes and so we've uh we've been adopting horses that come off the racetrack and need retraining and um it's just something my kids enjoy and we have fun with that but it's it's also time consuming well sir it's been great catching up with you i look forward to seeing you in a couple of months and uh possibly out at spotted horse as well that would be awesome we'd love to have you come out sarah cooper have a great rest of your day thanks so much for joining us on over the top cycling Thanks. Thanks, George. From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, you've been listening to Over the Top Cycling, presented by Gerard Cycles.